Can you all hear me? Good morning, Glenridge. It's such a joy to be with you this morning. I'm just going to take a moment just to get all my ducks in rows. I think someone prayed that this morning. Thank you for that prayer. There's a prayer close to my heart. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be picking up on the series that we have been doing, which is Seed and Salt. And this is, of course, a very core value for us as a church because it's really speaking about being a going people. And of course, it's also the mandate of God to us as a people of, that belong to him, Markeha, the people that belong to him, that we would go into the nation. So I just wanted to start by reading from Matthew 28. Of course, we know this is the Great Commission and from verse 18 through to 20. <laughs> Are we good? Should I swap? Okay. That better. Okay. So verse 18 through to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Should I? I'm going to swap, I think, just so that we... That's better. <laughs> what I love about the scripture is that Jesus speaks about all authority in heaven and on earth being given to him. And it's in that authority that he gives us this mandate to go. And he says, you are going to go in that authority that I have. And so in his name, we get to go and we get to share the gospel, knowing that we have all of heaven backing us up and that we have his authority. So we can go and we can bring the joy of Jesus wherever we go, and we can carry his authority because he's commissioned us on assignment with him. So this morning, um, entitled my preach on assignment with Jesus, and just in thinking about what I wanted to share, I thought the best thing for me to do is actually just tell you stories of how God has, has journeyed with me and taken me on mission with him and on assignment with him. And as I've gone, how he's, he's just met with me, met with people that I've ministered to, and, and the incredible work that he's done. And really, it's not stories about me, it's stories about him at work, and a, and a girl from Westville who um, has just put her hand up and said yes to Jesus. And so, for me, being on assignment with Jesus is about a few things. It's having a captivated heart, open doors of opportunity, Responding to his call, being obedient, taking steps of faith, and having a willingness to be deployed. So the first thing I thought I'd share was about uh, having a captivated heart. And the scripture there that I put with it is, my beloved is mine, and I am his. And I was 15, turning 16, when I gave my heart to Jesus. I'd been part of a youth group, and God had been really working on my heart throughout this time. And, 
and really drawing and calling me. And we ended up at a rally at DCC, and at this rally was this gospel musical presentation and of, of Jesus and what he did on the cross. And my heart is just burning within me as this gospel message went out. And I found myself kind of running to the front to respond to the call to give my heart over to him. And as I gave my heart over to him, he just, he just met with me so powerfully. And I just knew that nothing would ever be the same again. And um, it was just this powerful moment of my life being turned around. I hadn't been in church much before then, and I really didn't know anything at all other than this Jesus was my home, and I needed to be with him. And uh, the next day, he filled me with his spirit by his grace. I was on my own in my room, and he just met with me in power. And, you know, even from the, the night before, I just had this desire to to just shout from the rooftops. I just wanted to let every single person I could find know that Jesus was king and he is good and he is home. And, um, and so the next day, after being filled with the Spirit, that was even more intense. And so began a journey of really just me wanting to tell people about Jesus. And if we have a captivated heart, that's easy to do because we are so captivated by him we have seen his goodness. We have seen his glory. We know that he is the Lord of all creation. We know that he is the Savior for all men and all women and all children. And why wouldn't we want to share that good news with people? It is good news. And I just, I, it was bursting in me and I had to share it. And I, I just want to encourage us this morning, be captivated by Jesus. Be captivated by Jesus because when you're captivated by Jesus, your testimony is powerful as you speak to others about him. And of course, once we're captivated by Jesus, we want to tell people about him, but we also need opportunity. And so we need these open doors. And I just want to read from Revelation 3.8. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, that you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And then from Psalm 2, 8, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Because when Jesus takes hold of our hearts and we have a desire to tell people about him, you've got to know that he's going to open doors for you to be able to tell people. And all we have to do is ask him and he will open that door and he will give the nations as an inheritance for us. And so in my naivety and my very new faith, I began to pray. And this desire to tell people about him was just growing all the time. And so I prayed a very, very simple prayer. I really didn't have much to say other than Jesus is amazing and he's changed my life. And so I prayed, Father, please give me an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And I remember where I was. I was walking up the stairs in my uh, school, and it was busy, and the corridors were very loud, and it felt like I was in this bubble of just me and the Father. And, and I just knew that he'd heard my prayer. And it wasn't long after that that I found myself sitting next to one of my classmates, and she was asking me all kinds of questions about Jesus. She was asking about the church. She wanted to know about youth. And, and that began a kind of cascade of opportunities that just came my way. And as I just partnered with God and I walked with him with the little that I knew, he filled my mouth and he gave me words to say and he allowed me to share the gospel. So pray and ask God to give you opportunities to share 
Jesus with others, I promise you, he will open the doors. And it wasn't a one-size-fits-all. Of course, every, every time you share with people, it looks different. Sometimes it's telling them the gospel. Sometimes it's leading them to Jesus. Sometimes it's being kind. Sometimes it's inviting in the person who's sitting on the outskirts. So trust God for all kinds of opportunities. And then respond to the call of the Father. Jesus has mandated us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And for some of us, that call might be more significant than others. But God put a desire in my heart to share Jesus right from the word go. But that started to grow and increase and deepen. And soon it became more than just telling people in my close proximity about Jesus. Soon Jesus began to open my eyes to nations. And he began to open my eyes to other people groups that needed to hear the name of Jesus, who'd never heard the name of Jesus. And it was in that space that he began to birth this call to the nations to go. And I remember responding because I knew that I wanted to tell people about this Jesus that I had found. And I was 18 years old. I remember sitting at the back of the Sunday school hall that I was in because I was helping with children's church at the time. And a missionary had come to visit us. And they were telling the stories of what God had been doing while they were ministering in foreign countries. And, and God just gripped my heart in that moment. And he said, I'm calling you and I want you to go. And I didn't know what it meant, but I just knew that if Jesus was calling, I was going to say yes. And so we need to be responsive to the call, even if we don't know what it's going to look like, even if we don't know when it's going to pan out, even if we don't know if we have the money, if we don't have any of the backing, we don't know if we have enough knowledge, if he calls us, he will back that call. And so I responded, let us be willing to partner with him even when we're not sure of the way ahead. And of course, sometimes it doesn't quite look the way we plan it. And so that brings me to my next point, which is we need to be obedient to the Father as he leads us. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. And if he's spoken to us and if he's told us to do something, then we need to, we need to listen to the Father. And so I'd said yes, and I was on this mission, and I had this plan. And it was going to look like going into another nation and telling people about Jesus. And I was going to be sitting in some far, far off place and giving up everything that I had. And I was going to go, and I was going to be a missionary far away. And... Um, that's not quite what God had in mind and not quite what he had next. And so my very first mission field was the one that he chose for me. And I didn't see it that way at first. And it was very ordinary. It looked like finishing my degree and doing my postgrad in teaching and then taking up my very first full-time teaching position in a high school. And I remember thinking, Lord, this isn't quite quite the picture that I had in mind. Teaching was very much a fallback because, you know, we were going to go into the nations and there was a way to earn a living. And, and I was like, well, okay, I'm here now. Okay, what am I going to do next? And I was a little bit resistant. I didn't really want to be there uh, because I thought, no, 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 this is not what you called me to. This is, this is not the plan. Um, as you can tell, I quite like a plan. And so when God moves my cheese, I often get upset. But God was moving in my heart, and he had this wonderful plan. And, 
and he began to open my eyes to see exactly what that was because the mission field was right in front of me the whole time. And it was uh, an amazing mission field. And I kind of shudder to think what it would have been like if I, hadn't, if I hadn't stayed there and if I hadn't trusted God and been obedient. But one day, um, it was a very ordinary day, and I'd been uh, gone to the bathroom, and I was coming out, and it was very quiet. The corridors were quiet because, you know, I think it was late in the afternoon, and most people had started to leave already. And the Spirit of God literally just fell on me. Um, and I, I was just gripped with this conviction and this burden to pray for the school that I was in. And the school that I was in, I was kind of in a low socioeconomic area, really needed a touch from heaven. And God began to literally show me his heart for the school. And I found myself kind of on my knees just praying and worshiping and, and speaking in tongues and in that moment, God began, just, he just turned everything around. He just, I couldn't not but do all that he'd asked me to do in this place. And so a journey of prayer and intercession began. So it wasn't telling people about Jesus necessarily, but it was just praying and interceding for the school. And it was around exam time, and we had to uh, do a lot of invigilation. And for the teachers in the room, you will understand that invigilation is not the most exciting thing in the world to do. You have to walk around and make sure that the kids are writing their exams and are not cheating and doing anything dodgy. You can't read. You can't um, be on the phone. You can't knit. You can't do anything. You have to just watch the kids. And uh, this is for an hour at a time. And in some cases when the staff was, you know, low on the ground, three hours at a time. And uh, so by the time you counted every last ceiling uh, board and you've looked at the tiles on the floor and you are really ready to go. Um, but it was incredible because God began to show me that I had an incredible opportunity to pray for every single child that I was walking past by name. Um, and uh, I was just humbled by just such a simple little thing to do. But I realized because we were in different venues all the time, I was going to be able to literally pray pretty much for the whole school. And that's what I did. I just started praying. I just started praying in tongues. I would pray over each person. I would kind of sometimes circle back a few times to the same person. Um, so I must have looked very, very strange when I was invigilating. <laughs> um, and I tried to like, you know, can't, you know, my mouth's going to be moving. It's going to look a bit odd. But it's, so it's all kind of in my head. But I'm praying. And I'm trusting God that he's going to move mountains in these kids' lives. And so these are seeds that I began to sow in faith. And I have no idea, I have no idea the effect of those prayers, and I may never know the effect of those prayers. But I know God had called me to pray, and so he will water the seeds that were being sown in that place. And he will grow the trees up, and they will become mighty trees, and will have fruit that will produce seeds of their own. And I trust that that will happen. And I have seen God move, as I've seen those young people grow up as well. And then, of course, as I prayed and was obedient and I began to step out in obedience, God began to open some really incredible doors of opportunity to, to actively minister. Um, I, at the time, wasn't involved with the, well, I was involved with the SEA, but I wasn't leading the SEA. 
And then I was asked to take over the SCA at that point. And uh, it was at a time when we had this incredible young group of young people who were full of passion and the fire of Jesus, and they just wanted to share the gospel every opportunity. So I got to lead this bunch of amazing people, and God just breathed on it. And there was just such a laugh, and it, it just blew up, and it, there were so many kids coming, and we were preaching, and we were ministering, and we were getting them filled with the Spirit. And it was just the incredible favor of God and the kindness of the Father to open this incredible mission field uh, right in this locale where it was near to my house, and, and I was just amazed at what God was doing. And then I got called into the office and the principal sat me down and he said, I'd like you to take over as head of department for the religious education, which we don't have that anymore, but at the time they used to have RE. And I looked at him and I was like, really? And, and I was quite stunned because it wasn't on the radar. It wasn't even on my list of prayers of, of anything. And he, he said these words, which if you know education, you understand how unusual this is. He said, you have carte blanche to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and, and I just sat there and I was pretty stunned. And I, I, just, I just marveled at the Lord because I was going to have access to the whole school. I was going to literally be able to do whatever I wanted. And God had opened this huge door to minister to kids. And I was able to minister to them, preach the gospel, ask them questions, get them thinking, and sow seeds in their lives, in a place and in a community that had been racked by so many things and desperately needed God to break in. So that brings me to my next point, which is we need to take steps of faith. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because soon after that, I ended up coming out of teaching and I had my first daughter, Zoe, by that point, and took some time out to be with my kids, which was an incredible season. But I began to cry to God and say, God, I just want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And it was a pretty quiet season in terms of getting into the nations. And I hadn't actually gone across a border on mission. I'd gone you know, to, on a trip to see my sister in the UK, but that wasn't, it was just a visit to go and have a holiday. And uh, I just asked God, I said, God, would you just open up an opportunity to go? And uh, very soon, he uh, did. And I got an invite to go into Zimbabwe and uh, be part of a worship conference that was happening in Zimbabwe. And we were going to lead that and help the worship leaders. And it was for a group of leaders that had gathered together from churches around Zimbabwe. Uh, it was their leadership conference. And um, there were so many incredible moments with that trip. And I just said yes, and I had no idea. Did I have the money? Did I, could I do this? I had no idea what to expect. I had never been into Africa before in the sense of crossing the border. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. But God just was with us, and he met with us. And I could tell you many stories about how incredibly he moved and all the supernatural things that he did, but that's a story for another day. Um, but I do want to just talk about one moment in worship. And I was standing, playing the piano, and God began to sort of tap me on the shoulder and say, I want you to just play and minister through the piano. And it was like one of those, Lord, really? This, I'm not, anyone who knows me well knows that uh, piano, where I can play, is not, I had kind of just picked it up again. I wasn't feeling super confident in it, and I was just trusting God to just, 
to literally land on me and just anoint me. And you know those scriptures about how he gave supernatural ability to the instruments who were playing for the tabernacle in the Old Testament. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm claiming that. And uh, I was like, no, I don't think this is a good idea. And um, I knew it was like this leadership conference, and I'm freaking out. And actually, it was incredible, because in that moment of, of doubting I was sitting in, God reminded me of a time, and about maybe five weeks before that, I'd had a time of worship. I was at my piano, and I was just playing and worshiping God, and, and His presence just came, and, and it was like, the only way I can explain it is it felt like His hands were on my hands while I was playing, and I started playing sounds and, and tunes I'd never heard before, and I thought, wow, this is amazing, you know? And um, He reminded me of that, and, and as I was sitting doubting, he said, just play like we practiced. And I was like, okay. And you know, it was incredible because when the Father takes you on mission, he equips you. And I just needed a spirit, that was all. And he came and he, I leaned in to him and he rested on me and his hands literally were on my hands and, and he played with me. And it was this incredible time of worship and I could see God was ministering to these leaders who just needed refreshing and needed a touch from the Lord. He takes our yes, and he blows wind on that yes. And he equips us when we go. And we have the privilege of being part of his handiwork in someone's life on the other side of that border, on the other side of that yes. And then the second trip that, well, it was actually the third trip to Zim because we went back a third time. Also, a worship conference, although um, that wasn't why we were there. God had other plans. And we were, it wasn't part of our itinerary. We were invited to a church. And um, we met with the pastor. And he was working with the poorest of the poor in this community in Harare. And he said, come, we're going for a walk. And we walked down the road. And it's all city, city, city. And then suddenly there's just bush. And uh, I remember looking at this bush and looking down at my shoes and thinking, I'm not wearing the right shoes for this. And, and I was just like, Lord, I don't, know if this, I don't know if I can do this, actually. Although I want to be on mission for you, but this looks a bit scary. And as I looked down, I felt like it was like I was on this threshold. And I knew that if I stepped over, I would step into a kingdom adventure where I could stay. And I looked down and I just, the Father just said, take the step of faith. So I took a deep breath with my very not right shoes, and I just stepped on this ground and, and started walking, and, and I knew God was about to shuffle my world quite significantly, and walking on this ground, and it was quite uneven, and there was litter everywhere, and I was like, okay, and opened into a clearing, and there we came across this beautiful community of people, literally living by the river, on sheets of cardboard, and uh, cooking dry mini husks, well, not husks, minis. And the pastor knew them each by name. They greeted him warmly. And we got to pray with these incredible people. And the Spirit of God, the presence of Jesus in that place was incredible. And I thought to myself, this is the gospel. This is why we come. This is why Jesus died. It's for the people that are broken and are on literally the side of the river with nothing but who can be met with Jesus and this pastor is doing this incredible work with them. 
And the very next day, we were invited to come on another trip, and I just said yes. I didn't, I didn't, even, I didn't even wait, I just said yes. And um, we, we were in, going into another community that they were working with, with locals who were planting churches, broken up into groups, and the team leader with us was just telling us what we were going to do. One of the things he wanted to do was visit a very sick man that he was looking after. And he said, we're just, we're just going to go house to house and see what happens. And he told us about a dream that he'd had about a man with a broken back. That was all he had. And we started walking and we ministered to a few people. And lo and behold, we come around the corner and there's this man fixing a broken back. And we knew God was about to do something incredible. And we... We went and talked to them, and the pastor hadn't met them before, and they, it turned out, were leading a church, him and his wife, of about 20 or 30 people that they were gathering in their home, and they'd been crying out to God just for encouragement from the Lord, that they wanted to hear from him. They just needed some fresh faith, and we arrived, and we prayed with them, and we had an incredible time with them, and then just as we were about to leave them, he looked at us all and he said, I, I just want to tell you I had a dream about all of you last night. And I knew you were coming today. And my back broke and I couldn't get to work. And I just stood there and I thought, Lord, how incredible that you would, just a yes leads to this God encounter with this man who's been asking for someone to come. And I was blown away by the detail of the Father and we continued on our road, and we found the man that we were intending to see, the sick man, and he was very ill on his bed in the tiny little tent that he was in. And uh, we prayed with him, and he sat up. And we, we were like, yay, God's healing him. And we prayed again, and then he put his feet on the floor next to the bed. And we were just getting so excited because Jesus was working and healing his body. And then we prayed again, and he stood up, and then he walked outside, and he came back in, and he walked outside again, and he came back in, and he was breathing well. And we were just praising God together. And then just as we were getting to ready to leave again, um, he said, I just wanted to let you know that I had a vision this morning, and I saw all of your faces. And he pointed at me, and he said, and you, the woman with all the men, here, and I knew you would come. Because I prayed to the Father, and I just thought, Lord what is going on that um, he's prayed a prayer and I'm walking into the, as an answer. And it just felt surreal. I had read so many stories of people going and ministering to people and I said, Lord, I want to do that. And there I was walking into exact story. And I just thought, God, you're incredible. When we are obedient and we say yes and we are willing to take the steps of faith, he meets us in power, and lives are changed on the other side of that. We are the walking answers to prayers that people are praying, because he needs us. He needs us. We are his hands and feet on the earth. And so, are we willing to be deployed? And uh, kind of this is now catching us up to here. Um, the scripture there is, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And that's from Isaiah 52.7. So, for some of you will know that I had spent a season working for the church full time after being at home with my girls and 
I worked here for seven years, and that was an incredible time of God forming and shaping me and leading me, and it was such a privilege and an honor to be able to, to pour into the bride of Christ in that way. But um, uh, in the last sort of three years, we've started having these words come through about harvest, and we started praying as a team to that, and our family and I had stepped onto eldership, and, and I just, at the same time, God was saying, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go, and I was like, oh, okay, Lord, and it takes me a long time to come around to what God has to say, always, and um, I finally said, okay, and I took the step of faith and stepped out of the boat, bearing in mind we'd been praying all this time, by the way, about harvest and about sending workers into the field. And I didn't know that it was going to be me. And um, so I stepped out and I spent 18 months kind of, okay, Lord, I don't know what's next. And I'd had words about letting go to take hold of. And it's like, okay, Lord, I don't know what you have next. I don't know what you have next. A little bit of studying. And um, then just a very normal set of events. Our eldership meeting got moved from a Thursday to a Tuesday. And suddenly I was able to go to the Moms Who Pray at my daughter's high school. And so I thought, yahoo, I can go and be part of what God is doing at the high school. And so I went. And as I walked through the doors, and we, we met in the quad, which is right in the middle of the school. And as I sat down, I felt the tug of the Holy Spirit going, you need to be here. I was like, okay. I didn't want to go back to teaching. I had, I had kind of hung up my hat. It was 16 years since I last taught at that school, actually. And, and I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going back to teaching. This, the, the Lord has other things for me. Again, my plan, you know, God has my, I've got my plans. God has another plan. But every time, every week, I was like, no. And every week, and I would sit down, and this peace of God would come. And this, just this voice going, you need to be here. You need to be here. And I knew it wasn't just to pray. And I was like, okay, Lord. And finally, I thought, okay, I can't, I can't deny what God is saying. I have to listen. And I thought, well, if a post comes up, then I will apply. And it did. So I applied for this post. And I thought, well, it'd be interesting to see, because 16 years out of teaching is a very long time, if they'll even consider taking me. So yeah, I put my CV in and I said, okay, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, knowing it was what he wanted me to do, but if this is what you want me to do, Lord, I will do it. And, um, <laughs> and the kind of the due date passed, and I hadn't heard from them, and I thought, okay, okay, you didn't want me to do this. Phew. And I was like, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to go back. This is very scary, and I don't really want to have to do a scary thing again. And, um, and the next day I got a call, can you come for an interview? It's like, okay. And I just knew. I knew what God was doing, and, and I just said, okay, Lord, I'm going. And I went for the interview, and I sat down. And I looked at the room that I was in, and the principal of the school was with me in my very first year of teaching, and the two deputies I had taught with before at the same school, and they knew me quite well. <laughs> and so um, it was really just, they were just kind of saying, hi, will you take the job? <laughs> and so they did, they offered me the job there and then, and I was like, I'm still freaked out, and I'm still not sure, and I'm like, okay, Lord, you want me to do this, I'm just going to say yes in faith. And I said, yes. And, um, and the peace of God instantaneously filled me. I can't, it was incredible. And I walked out, and the, not only the peace, but his joy, uh, because I knew that this is where he wanted me. If we're willing to be deployed, then God can use us. And I believe that this is a season of deployment. God is calling up 
his soldiers for his kingdom and saying, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. You need to go. I am deploying you. And it was interesting when I got to my first day, there were about five um, other new teachers. And of those, at least four of them were believers that God had brought into the school. And I was just thinking, that's not coincidence. That's God moving. He is deploying his people across the nation. And he is setting in place his daughters and his sons to effect change and bring the kingdom of God wherever they go. And I stand positioned with his favor and his grace and his authority on my life. And I, I went into my classroom and I prayed and I said, God, let your presence be here. Let as girls walk in through these doors, let them walk into your presence, let them walk into your peace. And I get to pray for them every single day. And I get to minister the life of God to many who are broken, struggling. We have an epidemic of anxiety. And so we get to, I get to minister and pour out his love on this group of people. And I'm seeing his plan and his purpose unfold every day. And, and I just want to read quickly from Isaiah 61. And it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And that was what he has called each and every one of us to do because we stand in the authority of Jesus Christ whom this scripture was about that we can go and proclaim the goodness of the Lord and we can set captives free and we can be part of the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those around us. And so I'd love to pray for us this morning because God is calling us as a people. He has put the nations in the DNA of this house. He has put in us a heart to go and that we need to start having faith and stepping out. And we've got these two incredible mission trips coming up, and I encourage you to sign up. And even if you don't know if you've got the money, even if you don't know if you have what you need, just sign up. If you've got the time, just go. You don't know what God is going to do on the other side of your yes. And you don't know who's been praying for you to come and minister to them. So can we just stand together this morning? I just first wanted to say 